1: welcome to on boys parenting podcast janet and i are taking a little bit of time off to sit in the sun this summer and so today we are thrilled to bring you one of our finest episodes from the past we hope you enjoy this is on boys parenting podcast we are your hosts jennifer lw fink and janet allison
0: If you're one of the millions and millions of parents and teachers who have been muddling their way through academics this past year with your kids in virtual school here's some relief for you today. We are going to be talking with a renegade teacher turned executive function coach. And he is going to be talking about how to help your child who is struggling with homework and procrastination and lack of motivation and all those missing assignments. Parents, teachers, there's hope. Stay tuned for this episode with our guest, Seth Perler, Executive Function Coach, after this word from our sponsor.
1: I always used to get sick the week after our high school musical. Now that I'm a nurse and a health writer, I understand why. Lack of sleep, lack of proper nutrition, and stress all interfere with the ability of our immune systems to function optimally. If you worry about your boys' nutrition and sleep and stress, consider adding Haya Health vitamins to your daily routine. These chewable vitamins contain 15 essential vitamins and minerals known to support a healthy immune system. Use our discount code ONBOYS to get 50% off your first order. Go to HayaHealth.com and enter discount code ONBOYS to
0: save 50%. Parents, teachers, and students have been muddling their way through academics this past year. Parents have shouldered the burden of teaching, monitoring homework, and motivating attendance. Teachers have shouldered the burden of connecting in a virtual space with kids, often while parenting their own. And kids have shouldered the burden of, well, all of it learning virtually while missing their friends and all the things that go with the normal routine. And if you have an outside the box kind of kid, these struggles are only amplified. Our guest today says, if you wanna help a kid who is struggling with homework, grades, procrastination, underachievement, time management and motivation, then you have to understand one thing and one thing only and that's executive function. Welcome Seth Perler.
2: It is so good to be here. I'm excited, good morning.
0: Great to be here with you. I love that you call yourself a renegade teacher turned executive function coach. Start out by telling our listeners what is executive function?
2: Right well first of all before I start out with that I I just uh, I really do like to take time to acknowledge people and I want to thank you because you guys doing this podcast it doesn't just happen there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes there was a lot of inspiration that got you started that saying mm-hmm. saying we want to do this thing put this thing into the world we don't know how to do this we'll figure it out and <laughs> oh, right <yeah>. and um <laughs> And there's so much, and then we don't know how to use the mics or the tech or the this or the that. And so just acknowledging how much heart and time and energy and love goes into something like this. And just thank you for putting something into the world like this, that helps people. So thank you guys. I appreciate that.
1: That gotcha, Seth. Right? Janet and I are getting teary over here.
2: (laughs) Well, this is, yeah. I mean, this is no small thing that, you know, you've chosen to take on, so and you want me to define executive function?
1: Yep, I think that's a great place to start. It's easy to say, this is what you need to focus on, and then I need to know what? What am I focusing on?
2: Great, yeah. So to define executive function, let's start off by saying that a lot of experts define it very differently. And a lot of experts define it in a very clinical way. And the problem with that is that it makes it seem inaccessible to parents and teachers because the words executive function don't say what it is like, it's Mm -hmm. not it's not just like, uh, plain everyday words. So um, but in plain everyday words, all executive function is is how our brains help us get things done. Now that sounds very simple. How our brains help us get things done. But the things that are within that are way more complicated. So when you said in the intro, like you just got to understand one thing, executive function, well, that's great, but it's a very complex thing. I don't want to act like, you know, this is just some simple concept, but it's just getting things done. And in the context of, of the boys that people are listening for, the things that people who are listening are concerned about them getting done are not things like Legos and gaming and art and sports or things like that, the things that we are concerned about that because the high interest things, they have no problem executing on.
0: Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the
2: things that they, and, and that meanwhile, the words executive function, it's how the brain helps us execute tasks. That's why it's called that, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but the things that we're concerned about are two things, and that generally is schoolwork and responsibilities. Those are two very broad categories, but I like to use those because it puts it into context for everybody listening. So let's recap that. Executive function means how the brain helps us to execute important tasks, non-preferred activities are what we're concerned about and in particular schoolwork and and responsibilities. Why do we care about schoolwork and responsibilities? Because we know and our gut knows and our fear in our body knows that if this kiddo does not figure out if this boy does not figure this out, how to get important things done, they are going to limit their choices, opportunities and Mm -hmm. possibilities for their future. And that terrifies us. Because the reality of how difficult it is to live in this world is it, it requires a lot of execution on things we may not feel like doing. And I love
1: that you acknowledge that because so often, you know, we kind of are teasing that part out that a lot of our parenting is born of this place of fear. And the Mm -hmm. fear is, is housed in our concern and care for our children. We want these boys to do well. We are, you nailed it when you said terrified. We're terrified that they won't. And then often we get stuck there. Because we don't know, well, what do we do next? And so mm-hmm. that's what you're going to help. Well, us. and it's
0: that place of, you know, oh, if I could just motivate him and that if we can just do it from the outside and motivate, motivate and and you cannot make someone be motivated, it's got to come from within.
2: Or we can temporarily and it seems like it or it's a quick fix or it fixes the issue in the moment. But what mm-hmm. are some things that you all see people do to motivate kids, whether they work or not? What, what are the efforts that people?
0: Oh, it's take? all the things. It's either the rewards, you know, more screen time usually or it's the penalty, less screen time mm-hmm. is, is the big one right now. That feels like the only currency That's that one, parents have.
1: You know, but parents um, paying you know, for chores or for grades, that's another one um, withholding of, you know, if you don't get this done, you can't do X, Y, or Z activity or sport. It's kind of the, the, like bargaining, you know, you do this and then mm-hmm. I'll give you this or I won't the, the converse.
2: Excellent. And I, I asked, it's, I asked rhetorically, but I just like to hear what other how other people frame it. So we have punishments and rewards that are often used to motivate. And then what else do you guys see in terms of words that people use to motivate? logic, reason, nagging, bugging.
0: Yeah. yeah, Everybody tries nagging, nagging, you know, and it's also the future forecasting of if you, you know, you're not turning in your homework assignments. Now you're not going to get grades. You're not going to get into college. You're not going to, and you know, boy, one is, doesn't really care quite frankly, and isn't, able to project into the future that far so it's just white noise
2: future forecasting fear i love that that's that's a good one Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so what do we do (laughs) (laughs) those don't
1: work that well i mean like you said maybe temporarily you might get compliance but
2: okay can you talk more about that word why did you choose that word
1: uh temporarily or compliance compliance (laughs) because um I used to be a nurse before I was a parent. And so compliance, we use that term too, which was basically when somebody does what you want them to do and you would term somebody non-compliant, but that often it wasn't that they didn't want to do the thing. Often they didn't have what they needed to do the thing. So if you call somebody non-compliant for not taking their meds, but the actual issue is that they don't have health insurance and they can't afford their meds, Mm You're glossing over, and I think we, we this is very similar. So your kid can act compliant for a while, but if you don't start addressing that underlying issue, you're not going to get there. The kid's not going to be able to um, continue doing whatever it was he temporarily did, like actually doing the homework. While you're there, you know, do your homework.
2: Right. So it's it's this what's called an external locus of control. Um, where the parent or the nurse or somebody is trying to get somebody to comply. But yeah, we want to get this compliance for them to do the thing that needs to be done because we do have the future thinking. We see that this mm-hmm. must get done or there's going to be consequences. And so we want the compliance, but then then we need to back up to, well, I, I don't necessarily need to back up at this part in the conversation, but we need to really ask ourselves, why are they doing this thing? And it's usually because they're told to by the teacher or by whatever to jump through the hoop. So, on the one hand, we're like, yes, our kid needs to figure out how to do things that they don't feel like doing because no matter what they do in life, they will have to do that. Yeah. But then the question also comes how reasonable is this thing
1: how that they're is being the asked
2: to do in the context of mm-hmm. everything? So, for example, maybe they have math to do, they don't feel like doing it. And it is actually valuable for them to learn this math, but they're so far behind. They have 30 assignments to do them. Just like rushing through it and getting it done is not helping them learn math is the thing we're asking them to do a, Mm -hmm. a, in the grand scheme of things, a reasonable thing in their life, or maybe the worksheet has 50 problems and they really only need to do three or four high quality ones to actually get something out of it. It's like, if I'm going to do pushups today and I do a thousand pushups today and no more for the month, that thousand Push-ups is not going to get me any results. Whereas if I mm-hmm. spread them throughout the month, there would actually be some toning going on. But mm-hmm. that—that's what a lot of the kids, a lot of the in—in in terms of our, this podcast, a lot of the boys going through the kids that I work with going through this stuff, like they're so far behind and they're, they're just trying to, we're trying to get them to be compliant, to motivate them, to get them to do the things, but we're not giving them internal motivation or an internal locus of control. And, and then circling back to your question, Jennifer, so what do we do?
0: Yeah. So
1: let's let that's such a common thing, especially right now, pandemic really hard on everybody. So you've got this kid, Janet, I know you're working with parents who complain about this. You've got this kid who is like, 30 assignments behind in this class. He hasn't turned anything in the end of the semesters coming up. Um, Do I just let him fail? Do I just push him through to do these things? What would be your recommendation, Seth?
2: So again, sadly, this is complicated. This is not something. And there are a lot of experts out there that have, you know, these sort of pat answers for things and i have sort of pat models for things but it is complicated every kid's complicated so first to answer your question isn't to give you a crappy answer it's different for everybody But i love that
1: honesty i mean that's part of what we're about here we do these podcasts because there aren't any easy answers so we're going to give you bits and pieces and then listeners you take what applies to you your kid your situation
2: yeah and second i think it really is sort of looking at those two things that we were mentioning before how reasonable is the thing and then what do you do in that case and then when they are doing the thing what do you do to be supportive so let's let's first look at um how reasonable is the thing what can parents do well you have to be really realistic in terms of how reasonable is the thing now we get into a problem here Uh, quite often because parents and teachers will get stuck in this particular trap. Some of you guys have seen this. They'll say, well, we know he can do it. We've seen him do it before. Do you guys hear that?
0: Along with that is we know he can do it, but he he didn't pass the quiz. He didn't pass the test. And one family I'm working with right now is 70% of his grade is the tests and the quizzes. And he can't he can't do these quizzes, these tests online. He just can't do it, but he's doing the work and he knows the material and he's getting penalized. I'll tell you what, that is not very motivating for him to do the next assignment.
2: Very good point. Like what So that's an excellent point. So I'm sorry for everybody listening because we could go down so many tracks here, but these are so important, (laughs) but that one is so important here's that you have to understand the experience that these boys are having they have been asked to do things so many times they have quote failed or it's not been good enough they've been told redo it or you forgot to turn your name on it or you're getting half credit or it's late and you're getting a zero or they've been told oh, these things so many times and we forget that we are there to serve them now i'm speaking from an educator's perspective i mean mm-hmm. there's lots of context but in our quote system, we, the teachers, the educators, the school, the principals, we are there for them. It's not the other way around. They are there to comply for us and our rules. And it's we are there to serve them. But what has happened is we've created a system with these standards and this Common Core and these tests and all this. Yeah. Crap, that is it, it gets teachers really off course from why they got into teaching. They got into mm-hmm. teaching to help yep. kids, they get a lot of pressure from above to do things certain ways, and they almost a lot of them, not all of them, lose sight of why they even got there in the first place. Mm-hmm. 50% mm-hmm. burn out before year five and quit. 50% of the people we have hired to serve our kids quit by year five. What the hell are we doing here? And then the the ones who stay, who do you think they are? A lot of them are brilliant, amazing teachers, but a lot of them are compliant. And they're just like, it's good enough or whatever. And they're settling.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Do we want that for our kids. Well, that's Mm -hmm. the system we've created. And then so they're in a place where they're like, I have this pressure to get these kids to look like this on paper and to walk through these curriculum things and meet these standards. But the experience of the boys is I can't, for some boys, I can't, who start with the executive function, I can't do what they're asking me to do. The absolute load, I, I was the true story, I was speaking with the kid the other day, the, the beautiful conversation with this boy, and he said, Seth, actually, actually I wrote it, I wrote it down. Uh, he said, I have so much to do that I could literally spend every waking hour doing it. So he wants to do well. He struggles with executive function and focus, but he would spend every waking hour, a second, he said, doing it. So where is the time to be a boy and to experience Mm -hmm. life? And then when you do it, you're told it's not good enough. So he had a teacher accuse him of cheating last week. He's like, I didn't cheat. He's like, actually, I worked so hard on it to do it perfectly and I spent so much time on this and then he accused me of cheating. So-
0: it's demoralizing um, it, it, it like where demoralizing.
2: So yeah. you have to when we're looking at what what's reasonable, we really do ha- have to. And when we say things like, well, I know you can do it. I've seen you do it before. Well, maybe they can do the cognitive work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And maybe when they, you've seen them do before, all the stars were aligned. They had good sleep. They didn't have social issues that particular day. They didn't have parent yeah. issues that particular day. Um, They didn't have a big pimple that was making them feel completely insecure, that particular, like things we don't even think about that was going on that day.
1: One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. It's telehealth, you can access care from your home
0: when it is convenient for you. Visit bywinona.com today to start your free visit.
2: with executive function, this day that they're not doing it, they don't have also the executive function, massive skill set to do this. So and now let's get a little bit deeper with that. And I'll stay on topic here. But with executive function skills, let's say, how do we get them to do the thing? Um, And we know they can do it. Well, executive function has to do with planning. Maybe they didn't plan their time well, didn't manage their time well. It also has to do with emotional regulation. Maybe they're dysregulated Mm -hmm. and they don't have tools to re-regulate themselves. And they're not in the prefrontal cortex, the front part of the brain that helps them to execute because they're in the amygdala and the fight, flight, or freeze and their body is in anxiety. And they can't even, you know, get to a place where they can think clearly, yet they're expected to perform Um, I had a kid tell me last week that they were this was a girl, but she said that she was in an online class and she started to have a um, a panic attack or an anxiety attack or Mm -hmm. didn't know if it was one and Mm -hmm. felt like they couldn't leave the class. Can you imagine being in an online class, you're required to be visible on the thing and you're starting to have an anxiety attack and you can't take care of yourself. What kind of, a wow. but teachers would never know that, but it just shows some of the, just the, again, we're talking about how do we get them to do the thing? Well, first we have to really be asking, is the thing reasonable? Is it reasonable from their lens? What are we asking them to do? Why are we asking them to do? Are we setting them up to have an experience of success or failure? What's it going to feel like if they do do that? We want them to feel like they accomplished something like they Mm -hmm. learn something like it was valuable but clearly we're seeing a lot of experiences where they're like why do I have to do this this is stupid this makes no sense I keep trying nobody sees how hard I try like all these things Mm -hmm. so we have sort of that aspect of it so let's put that on one side you know what how do we get them to do the thing first let's examine the thing very realistically from all sorts of angles and let's ask the boy yeah. And let's listen and let's ask them more and more and more. Not just a surface question. I mean, a in-depth conversation where they do 90% of the talking and we do 90% of the listening and we do 10% of the talking.
1: One of the things that I have done as a parent of boys who had that missing assignment list growing pretty damn long that I was getting, <laughs> um, when I talked to them, a lot of the assignments they were missing were stuck. I'm going to say it sorry teachers they were stupid, stupid ones they were like stupid little 5 point homework things and my son had already calculated he's like I can skip all of these and if I do okay on the test yeah who cares why am I going to waste all my time for 5 points and when he explained it to me I'm like that makes Good perfect point.
0: sense <laughs> skip them yeah. yeah
1: skip them so that listening and deciding and realizing what is reasonable for your child in conjunction with your child and then giving yourself and your child permission to let some of it go can be incredibly freeing and create space for you to then work on the other things.
2: Right. And then let's look on working on the things we do choose to work on. So now Mm -hmm. we have a realistic view. We're going to say, yeah, you know, you got to pick your battles. Here are the battles we are going to pick but we're consciously doing it Mm, mindfully with intention right now. Yeah. And we've really looked at the battles we're going to pick. And for so let's take um, your example there with, with the, you know, the assignments that just you really look at them and you you do not find legitimate value in them or legitimate enough. There may be value in doing the things, Mm -hmm. but it's just like given the time and them failing or not, obviously your kid's perspective is, perfect. I mean, you and I, we would as adults, if we were looking at this, this system, whether it's a somebody we pay bills to every month or whatever, they want us to jump through certain hoops, the IRS or whatever. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying cheater on your taxes, but you have to, that's an example <laughs> we have to do that makes my head spin where you have to jump through a million hoops and mm-hmm. what, how do you figure that out? But anyhow, so we have this massive list of things to do um your for for your kid to do now the first one not the first thing but one thing in like a situation like that you got a million things is advocating to the teacher now if you have a middle or high schooler they're not going to want you to email the teacher most boys will say my teacher doesn't like it when you email them blah blah whatever but you need clarity. And you can email, I'm just going to be real quick on advocacy, but you can email a teacher and say something like, hey, please don't tell my kid this, they're stressed enough already. Don't tell them I'm emailing you just give me some clarity, I need some clarity, what the hell's going on? When do you post your grades? Where do you post your grades? I'm confused. Um, it seems like you know, a bunch of time goes on, then you enter a bunch of them, they have a bunch of zeros, and then I can't support my kid. And where are you posting the work? And when we find where you post the work, there aren't enough details for us to sift through it. And I can't rely on my kid to tell me the details, help me here. So first of all, Advocate, like be the squeaky wheel, do not give up, be a pain in the butt, CC other teachers, counselors, or admin. If it's a teacher, now there are most teachers are amazing and care about your boys. Most. Yeah, but there are those Mm -hmm. ones, it's not that they don't care, but there are those ones that are set in their ways that really Mm -hmm. don't get it, Mm -hmm. and that think that, oh, and especially now in uh the pandemic times, like like it is, I could really cuss right now. It is just absurd. What's happening with the expectations not changing. And I will tell you something that's on my mind right now is this is one of the best times ever to not take standardized tests if if and I don't know what's going to happen with all that. But it's like, on top of everything, you're going to evaluate kids who just went through this. And then I could cuss right now too. (laughs) I don't know if I've heard you
0: cuss yet. (laughs) You haven't. (laughs) You've heard me say (laughs) that that's the that's the level of frustration. And I want to I just want to pause and interject here too, because I think that this happens often. And with middle school and high school, you're talking about the parent emailing the teacher, this one family in particular that I'm working with. It's you know the encouragement of Of course, the parents encouraging the boy to reach out to the teacher and ask about the quiz. And the mom is going around to the teacher saying, you know, my boy just needs a few words of encouragement from you. Can you can you email him directly? And they don't do it. And Mm. the same situation is the teacher will say the, the parents saying to the teacher, my boy needs help with this. He's feeling shy to come to you. Well, he needs to reach out to me, says the teacher, oh or my God. I can't help him. And right. that, I'm gonna cuss. That's like that just makes me crazy. Yeah. He's in middle school. He probably has the pimple that you were talking about. And he doesn't have the capability to approach an adult. And this these are teachers he's actually skills, never met skills, in person.
2: Skills. Yep. And these he's are never
0: skills. met him in person. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that yeah. too this year. Oh baby, I'll settle down now. Go ahead, Seth.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so to put that in a smaller box, it's advocacy, whether it's parents, yeah. whether it's the kid advocating for themselves. Obviously we want the kid to advocate for themselves, but they don't have the skills yet. So these are complex skills that they need to learn also. And in an ideal world, the kid's able to advocate and be like, look, you're serving me, like not in a, uh, right. a yeah. condescending way, but in a confident way. Like, Mm like, but we, they don't have that story, but, but ideally they'd be like, look, you're serving me. I need help here. Get off your high horse. Let's figure this out. What, what can you do to help me? Like that, that's sort of the ideal that would be great, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but that, that takes understanding the whole frame, like them having a frame like that, them having the skills of doing it, them having the confidence to do it, you know, blah, blah. And then the parents advocating yeah to ask for that. And I do, again, I want to give so much kudos to the teachers what teachers are going through is incredible. And most teachers are amazing. Most teachers Mm -hmm. are amazing. But the ones who do that in a condescending way and who don't get it, and who have that contemptuous tone. I mean, that even the slightest bit of that the kids feel it so deep. And it yep, is yeah. so not appropriate. And it is so common. It's disgusting. But most teachers, I just want to really plug them like, we really want to approach them with, hey, we're on the same team, give you the benefit of the doubt, you probably didn't know how much time and energy this was taking or what our family is going through. I don't need to tell you everything our family is going through because we have a private life. But you do need to know that um, we are going through some stuff here and our kid cannot do even what's being asked so help us here like do you like if they don't do all the stuff they're gonna fail and it makes sense for my kid to do nothing else in your class this semester and we're if we we have that fact we're gonna not make them do anything for your class so Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. why would we if like why wouldn't we have them put their energy towards classes they can be successful in if they're going to yeah, like yeah. you got to really think these things through parents so there's advocacy now mm-hmm. let's say that you know you're getting some support and your kid really does need to do some stuff and they are not motivated and they're they're maybe not even going to be motivated then how do we help them okay and this is kind of where we'll probably start wrapping up and moving towards this stuff. And this is sort of in my model. Now, the advocacy is actually part of this model, but I wanted to start there. What I do when I'm helping people boys, but anybody with executive function stuff, the people who come to me are parents of kids who are struggling in school. Um, they go through this pattern every semester where everything falls apart. Then they try to clean everything up at the end of the semester and do, deal with all the missings and late work and zeros and incompletes and all this stuff. And it's a pattern year after year after year and it doesn't fix itself. The thing is, is that, you know, the kids will be like, oh, this year's different. I've turned over a new leaf, blah, blah, blah. That happens maybe once in a thousand times. <laughs> it's just not. Right. Usually what happens is, is they, they start off like that because they really do want to be in a it.
0: Class. lasts for a week. maybe. Maybe two. Last so, you know, it's years. our New Year's resolutions. It's that you yeah. know, we're going to get toned and yeah. fit this year. It's the same yeah. thing.
2: It's the same thing, and it really is the same thing, and I won't go into the metaphor about that, but it really is the same type of thing, and, and then things start to fall apart. So the pattern mm-hmm. is there. Now, like I said, it won't fix itself, it won't fix itself, it won't fix itself. So what do you do? You need three things. Now, this is just Seth's talk. You could look up a million people, find tons mm-hmm. of people with great models. This is just the way I articulate it. But um, if you want to help your child, I will tell you that this is what I do professionally. And this is where my heart is. So you can trust what I'm about to say. So this is a model that will work for you. Basically, there are three things that these boys need if they're going to quote, turn the corner. So I want to get people from point A to point B point A is they're struggling with executive function. They don't have the skills They they're going through this pattern all the time over and over and over point B is they've turned a corner. It is not perfect. There are plenty of issues still, but they've turned a corner. What corner have they turned? They've turned a corner where you, the parent, you go, ah, mm-hmm. this kid's going to be okay. Yeah. They've got it good enough. It's not perfect, but it's good enough. We have turned a corner. That sigh of relief is now, unless you're a super anxious person and you have your own anxiety to work with, but that, you, when you get to that, aside from that, when you get to that sigh of relief, you know that your kids turn that corner, you know they're, they're at that point B, and that's, that's where we wanna get. That may take
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, a semester, that may take years. We have to be realistic. This is not go to this tutoring center or go to Seth and go listen to a bunch of podcasts or this or that and we'll turn the corner. This is investment in your child, your time, your energy, your heart, your money, and whatever it takes to get to that point B. So one to get from that point A to point B, three things. Thank you, Jen. Jen is like-
0: She's on, she's on good it. Good executive <laughs>
2: function. So three things. Systems, mindsets, habits, and routines. That sounds like two, but I lump them together. Systems, mindsets, habits, and routines. I'm actually going to start with mindsets. The mindset that our kids are really struggling with is the resistance mindset. If you know Stephen Pressfield, what do these kids resist? Using planners, advocating, being honest with their parents, uh, starting their homework, following through with their homework, finishing their homework, putting their name on their homework, putting checking their homework, putting effort into their homework, doing high-quality work. Um, they resist uh letting the teacher help them um they resist it's so the problem is resistance that's a mindset the mindset mm-hmm. Is,
0: mm-hmm.
2: is and the reason I call it a mindset is it's this is too hard this is too frustrating this isn't worth my time my effort what mindset do we want hey this is actually good for my life. I may not like the teacher or the class or all the content, but I can do this. I can handle this. If I don't wait till the last minute. I actually can do things early. I actually don't have to put 100% effort into everything. I can go for the D sometimes and find out I'll actually get a C or a B when I go for the D. This is something that I teach a mm-hmm. lot. Um, mm-hmm. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: I can just turn the stupid thing in. So Jen, when you were talking about your list at the beginning, one of the strategies I probably would use is, well, maybe we can get done five or 10 of the 30 and just get them half-assed because you'll probably get a 70 anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just spend a, but anyhow, it depends on the teacher and the gravity of the assignments. But um, so so the mindset is, I, it's Carol Dweck's, you know, I can Growth mindset. I, yeah. I can do this. I, I can get something out of this. Let's Let's not stay in analysis paralysis resistance land. So mindset, you have to work with the mindset. If you're just a slave driver, a taskmaster, and you're your kid's executive function, just get it done, punishment, reward, nagging, lecturing, um, uh, uh, fear, all this stuff, that is not changing a mindset.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And part of that too, and Jen and I talk about this a lot, is that boys feel shame and embarrassment so deeply. And that's part of this whole mindset. Area that needs to be looked at too.
2: And if you want to hear what I think about shame, look at my post from last week. Shame is in the title, and it's explores that exhaustively. Awesome. Yeah. So I don't have time to get into that, but it is massive. Mm -hmm. And I uh, massive. I'm glad you brought that up. So now we got systems. Well, there are um, a finite uh, number of systems that these kids have to have to be successful. Now. Kids with good executive function naturally pick up on the systems that seems like through osmosis. It's not because they've actually been learning it for years, but nobody has done what's called direct instruction. So mm-hmm. when school teachers do what's called direct instruction, like I'm going to directly teach you how to do long division, let's say. Well, we don't directly teach executive function skills. So the kids who pick up on it, pick up on it. And these ones, it goes in one ear and out the other. And Mm -hmm. for years, they haven't practiced Mm -hmm. these very important skills. Yeah. So these systems are system of planning, planners, calendars, daily planning, blah, blah. A system of organizing your backpack, your folders, your locker, your desk, your stuff. Mm -hmm. A system of um, starting your homework, having a place to study. um, Yep uh things like this a system of knowing how to filter out th- things through your head to be able to advocate what methods do you use where do you start you know so these are all systems so we need mindsets Mm-hmm. then we need systems and then we need habits and routines. So if this, and this again goes to, I know you can do it. I've seen you do it. Well, they don't have the habit and routine of doing it. Right. The system is not gelled. The mindset's not there at the moment, but once we have the systems and the mindsets, then we want to use them so that to we can build. build habits and routines because what good is any of that stuff if we don't have a habit and routine? So I can tell Jennifer, you have pretty good executive function
1: you know it's interesting i i think i do sometimes but man i struggle with that whole resistance i see your
2: pile it, it, behind you
1: oh yeah <laughs> that, that's, that's one you don't see the one in front of me
2: but that might be a system that works for you
1: <laughs> that's the you stuff i don't planner. need right now so that, okay. that is
2: a, there's your planner
1: i got yeah. my planner man and i've got my planner pa- under my microphone right now
0: still paper and pencil because i tell you what too for our boys this online scheduling, online everything, is less tangible for them. Oh, yeah. so hard. So paper and pencil, yeah. and pretty. I mean, I use different colors for different appointments. So and, you, know.
2: you you really systems. go into your systems, and it yeah. seems like maybe then Jen has them good enough, right? Good you enough. And you've got, and I say, good enough executive function. And then uh, Janet maybe goes more into, let's really develop our systems. I see, need So we have systems, mindsets, habits, and routines. And Why those- I
1: work with Janet, you guys. I work with <laughs> Janet because she's better at that stuff than I am.
2: <laughs> and yeah, I have an assistant who's like so good at everything I'm horrible at. But I struggle with this stuff. That is me. I mean, I failed at college, dropped out of a second college, almost failed at a high school, and this since you know first grade you know Mm -hmm. my report cards in first grade said daydreams does not pay attention lazy blah 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 blah. you know
0: yeah yeah
2: i've lived it and that's why i i love helping these kids
0: Mm mm-hmm
1: and you are a successful adult. I just think we need to draw that out for parents sometimes. With our future forecasting, we look at our kids and we are afraid that they are not going to be able to live satisfying adult lives. They're not going to be able to support themselves. You're doing all of the things. You're yep. fine. Thank you
2: for saying that. Like I, yes. I had my struggles and I figured it out. I do not want my kids to go through what I went through, the, the kids mm-hmm. that I work with. And when we have a structure again, since it's not taught directly, when we have a structure to teach them these things, they don't have to go through so much frustration. And we can know earlier that they got to that point B, and they're going to be so the thing I hear from parents is I just want my kid to be happy and successful mm-hmm. for that more than mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. sentence ever that I've heard from parents. That's what we all want. And there, as we started, this is a nice segue to the beginning circling back terrified that their kid won't be happy and successful. Everybody wants their kid to be happy and successful and they can do it. And they don't have to look like what our imagination thinks or what standardization seems to imply or uh, testing or all of these things seem to imply what Mm -hmm. we need to do. If your kid doesn't fit in the box, I mean, there's homeschooling, there's unschooling, there's don't worry about school, there's GEDs. There's so many options and people that terrifies people but doesn't matter all we want is them to be happy and successful so let's get real on what all the options are and let's build their strengths school often does not sadly not often it often often doesn't build their strengths and and the teachers are well intended the parents are well intended but um a lot of times these kids are walking out saying i hate school i hate learning what? Mm-hmm. What have we done? And here? we
0: know, I mean, we have created a system that does not work for many of our boys and so that I love that you're bringing this wisdom to parents, to our listeners and and I think our parents need some reassurance that you know what your boy might not fit in the academic box and he still has these skills and it's so much about also addressing his passions and interests, even if it's yeah, not in, in, school. Amen. in school. Amen. 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 Yeah, amen. Not, amen. I'm no, all we're about not
2: the- just saying let him play video games all day no, long. We're
0: not no, not saying but, that. Yeah, there's so, so many things. Yeah. So, Seth, where can people find out more from you? This has just been like the tip of the iceberg. This is such a fascinating conversation. Where can people find you?
2: Yeah, in August, we have um, executivefunctionsummit.com is my executive function summit. And I get these amazing experts every year. And it's like an immersive, amazing, crazy weekend of just immersing yourself in these people who really help.
0: It's for parents.
2: It's specifically for parents. Executivefunctionsummit.com. SethPerler.com is my site. You can sign up for my updates. YouTube, I'm on YouTube. I have a million videos. But usually people sign up for my weekly updates on SethPerler.com.
0: Awesome. Every
2: week I put something out into the world to be of service to people.
0: That is so great. And thank you so much for all of that service to the world. I think we all have our, our hearts are in that same place of just like reaching out and reassuring parents it's all going to be OK. And parents take that sigh. Seth, Seth did such a great sigh. It's like take that sigh uh. of relief and share it with your children. Thank you so much for all the work you are doing in the world. Thank
2: you guys, too. Yeah.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of On Boys. And don't forget those vitamins from Hyah Health. Go to hyahhealth.com onboys and get 50% off your first order. Thanks again for joining us. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. And if you liked this episode... Share it with a teacher. Share it with a school administrator. We are, as Seth said, all in service to our kids, and they need our help right now. Again, thanks for joining us. Save
1: big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app.